Hey everybody, welcome to Losing Your Mind with Chris Cosentino. I'm your host, Chris Cosentino. We are here to talk about people that inspire and all my guests are inspiring in so many different ways. And I'm really looking forward to digging deep into how they got to where they are, to the top of their game, how hard they've worked, how much they've given up and how they're giving back. So without further ado, here's our next guest. Hey everybody, welcome to Losing Your Mind with Chris Cosentino. And I am here today with Tournament of Champion, season two winner, Manit Chohan. Manit, welcome. Thank you so much. I am super excited to have you here. I, I think so many people have seen you. I mean, you're everywhere. Let's just be honest. I don't know how you managed to do it all. You've been, the show's galore. Like. I can't even, I'm like looking online. I'm like, how many shows is she doing right now? How many are you doing right now? Let's put that into context. So Tournament of Champions season two, season one, grocery games, chopped. Uh, supermarket stakeout. Supermarket I just, stakeout. I just uh, hosted Holiday Wars uh, last season. Um, you know what? My, my big problem is that I can't say no. Um, I, I think I live with that big feeling of FOMO. <laughs> so whenever anybody asks me anything, I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and then I figure out, and then I figure out that how am I logistically going to do it? Because there is, yeah, sure, that is in New York. Yeah, sure, that is in Santa Rosa. How do I get from point A to point B? <laughs> we'll figure it out. So yeah, I, you know, but the, the interesting part, uh, Chris, is that it's taken a real long time to to get there like you know uh, with with you also i'm sure that you realize that it is what people see right now is the tip of the iceberg right they don't see what all has gone into reaching here it's been years and years of perseverance it's, it's been years of and years of sweat blood tears disappointment and then uh, you know um, but i think what really works and that's why, you know, I, I always, whenever I meet you, we get along so famously because there is that streak of resilience and the streak of this is what we need to do. And, We're, and stubborn. I think We're stubborn. We are stubborn. Yes. And, and it is, <laughs> it's an incredible quality. I think you said you, you hit the nail on the head with it. It's like everybody sees the tip of the iceberg, but nobody sees what's under the water and how big the iceberg is under the water. And that's what's yes. keeping it afloat. And I think... You know, where you you were not born in the U.S., correct? No, I was born in India. And you came to the U.S. to go to school, correct? Yeah, I came here to go to the CIA, which is the Culinary Institute of America, before anybody thinks I'm more exciting than a chef. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it funny? Like, such a bad, I mean, great Culinary Institute of America, great, just Bad acronym, guys. Bad acronym. <laughs> oh, no. So good. Because I, you know, at CIA, when I had just joined, um, I, I think there's this sense of um, uh, a wicked sense of humor, which which I think all of us in the industry have. That's why we do what we do. We are crazy enough to do what we do. But they used to be at the library. There was an FBI, which was the Food Beverage Institute. <laughs> <laughs> they had. They definitely had a good time it. with it. So... What got you started? Like, what's what made you say, I want to be 100% involved with food? So um, it, the simple answer is my obsession and love of eating. 
and that pretty much started um you know there there is this story that i was um you know um a small baby and i still hadn't started on solids and uh, my older sister you know my mom was in the kitchen making um uh, uh, aloo paratha which are spiced potato stuffed flat breads and it's like iconic and like my mouth is watering talking about it and uh, she was in the kitchen and my uh, sister goes running uh, to my mom she's 3 years older uh, than me and goes and tells mommy that um the baby is eating the paratha and she really likes it and mom is like oh my god and she goes running and my mouth is stuffed with the paratha and i'm eating it and enjoying it so i blame my sister i'm like you gave me the first taste of blood like that's and that was love at first bite or i don't even think i had teeth so i couldn't bite but that was it and i grew up in this really small community in india my dad was an engineer mom a school principal and um the fun part is that each and every state in india has a very distinct cuisine of its own so we grew up in a community where our neighbors like we are from uh, uh, north india so that's the cuisine that was made at home but our uh, neighbors were from south india east india west india like different states so i would finish dinner at home go over to my neighbors houses tell them that my parents hadn't fed me so can i eat with you guys and i literally had a permanent place on their dining table but the fun part was not only eating the food but it was you know with the aunties sitting in the kitchen and seeing them cook why are you heating the oil why are you adding the curry leaves why and that was incredible so later on when i got a little bit older um you know whenever people would call to invite my parents for dinner they are like oh yeah why don't you guys come at 7 o'clock maneet send her at 3 o'clock so that she can help us cook and that i think was the most valuable foundation that i could have gotten because it was just you know that's it it's food and later on in life i realized that it was beyond food it was the fact that i could connect with anyone with this language called food and even though i didn't have to speak the same language as them that camaraderie that connectivity was because of food and that's why i love food because to me it's more about just the taste it's the connection that it forms i think that's really i say this all the time and i think it's really really important it's like food transcends all boundaries family feuds politics religion and all the other happy horse shit right like i tell people think about having thanksgiving without the family bullshit and the arguments right <laughs> like that's what we do for a living we give taste memories we give experiences we create connectivity we're very fortunate like we don't pull teeth we don't put zeros and ones in a sequential order so you know your phone app works we we give you an experience and i think that that's it's powerful like i i i hear like you talking about going to someone's home to 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 get to try somebody else's food and like that was a pretty good sneaky way of doing <laughs> saying your parents didn't feed you not much has changed chris that's all i can say <laughs> but like that that feeling of like going somewhere to learn something whether it be from a grandma or an auntie and and that's very cult cross culture everybody italians that's that's how the italians do it that's how the english did it everybody the abuelas in mexico teaching you know the next generation to to make tamales i love that part of what our careers have given us is that connectivity through food and it's a constant learning thing i mean 
look behind me. I mean, it's like crazy. It's so true. You know, I've got to tell you this really funny uh, thing. A couple of years back, I went to um, Peru. I had gone for work, but we, uh, you know, uh, added a couple of days uh, before that so that we could go to Machu Picchu. So we went to this small town called Urumbamba, which is near uh, Cusco, and there's a train that goes to Machu Picchu from there. So we reach over there. We were with a couple of friends, Vivek, uh, my husband and friends. They're like, they were jet lagged. They're like, we're going to take a nap. And I'm like, oh, we are in a new country. How can you take a nap? I walked to the local Mercado, small village. Vivek found me an hour later. I was making these potato croquettes and selling potatoes with this old grandmom, right? And he's like, what's going on? And the ironic part is like, I, I don't know a word of Spanish or let's say my Spanish is not fit for polite company. <laughs> and she didn't know any English, but we still connected. And that like that moment till date gives me goosebumps because that is such a profound moment when you realize that, you know, we all have the same like basic obsession of food. And that was just like, yeah, just so fun. That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. Like, <laughs> can you go on vacation? Like I can't, it's very hard for years. Before Easton was born, my son, who's now 17, before he was born, we would go on vacation and I would stage. She would go to the museums and I would stage. It really wasn't the, I would say that's not really fair. Um, she would go to museums, she would go to the Tate Modern and I would go stage with Pierre Kaufman at La Tante Claire. Or she would go, we would go to Paris and I would knock on doors with a knife kit under my arm and try to work. Are you the same way? Um, I used to be the same way, but I am, I am changing a lot right now because it is, uh, you know, I think I realized I, I reached a stage where I realized, you know, there is that hunger for us to learn, right? We want to learn so much. We want to go ahead and just do all of this. And I realized that if, even if I spend my entire life, entire, you know, each and every second that I have in life learning something new, I will, I will still have scratched the surface of, of food, right? So I'm like, I need to enjoy it. So to me, I go and I eat incessantly, like, you know, all of these places, I'm like, oh my God, like even over here, when I landed in Tucson, the first thing I was like, where can I go and eat? What can I go and eat? Like, you know, that entire list. So to me, the big thing is that I don't starch, but I eat. And it is like just such a guilty obsession and, and pleasure. So yeah, you, that's what I do. You're in a whole menu orderer just like me, right? You're like, I, wanna, I, wanna <laughs> yeah. I don't want to try that. I don't want to try that. They're like, you know, you've ordered too much, ma'am. You're like, I know, and... just bring it. <laughs> bring it. <laughs> that's why I hate going and eating alone. Like I want a big group and I want to order one of everything so that you can taste it. And it's just that, yeah, like just amazing. That you know, eating. The, the first time I went, first time I went to Chicago, I was, uh, I'll never forget. I went to Chicago for the first time and they had just, Paul Kahn had just opened the publican. And you oh know, my God, yes. like, you know, it's bigger than a legal page folks. It's huge. I sat down and they had these huge communal tables. The server comes over and I said, I'll take one of everything. And the guy looks at me and goes, are you fucking out of your mind? And I was like, nope. <laughs> Just do one of everything. And the food started waving. The people around me are looking, two, three bites, passing it on to folks, just passing. And that's how I met Paul Kahn. I'd never met Paul before. I'd never met Donnie. 
And then they get this phone call. They're like, this dude ordered the entire menu. You might want to come over and see who he is. And today, still to this day, Paul and I are best of friends. Oh and Donnie, and they just still, they still to this day laugh about that moment. I, they rolled me out. I'll be really honest. They rolled me out of there. But it was, it was one of those like, oh man, because everything, it's amazing when you go someplace and you want to try it all. That is so true. I mean, yes, I remember I was in Chicago when they had opened and it just was like, uh, like all my friends, my sister, my brother-in-law, I'm like, this is what we are doing. And they're like, oh God. So yeah, <laughs> amazing. So let's, let's kind of, you know, we're, we're all over the place today, but this is fun. Like, I want to talk about your trajectory and like how you went and where you got, you were in Chicago for a while. You, you were there for quite a bit of time and now you're yes, in Nashville. So, so how did that, how did that road go? <clears throat> so right after graduation from the CIA, you know, I, I had done my hotel uh, management, uh, my bachelor's in hotel management in India from the best institute over there. And then uh, came here to go to the CIA again, you know, it's, it, it's got a reputation. So I was on the top of my world. I mean, like, I'm like, God, I have the best education under my belt. Like the world is my oyster, right? And, um, and I, of course, because this was something that I loved, I literally, I graduated with each and every award in my class. I put in my effort. I used to volunteer for everything at CIA. I'm like, this is it. I had come here on a student visa, right? And then reality really set in because uh, I, got, I got job offers from everywhere. And when I went for the interviews or the stages, as soon as I would say that, you know, my paperwork needs to be sponsored. And even like, I'm like, I'll pay for it and all of that. Nobody would touch me with a barge pole. Because I mean, think about it. This is 2000, right? 2000, um, the industry had just started being cool, right? It, it still wasn't cool at that time. And I, um, and that was like, I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And till that time, I wanted to be a pastry chef. Because in India, you really didn't have good pastry chefs. So my entire education, is in baking and pastry arts, right? All the savory really? cooking that, I, yeah, all the savory cooking I do is thanks to the aunties <laughs> and just, you know, like, uh, just, just, right? But so, that's a total, um, total polar opposite. We're talking, and I say this over and over again, recipes in savory are guidelines. Recipes in baking and pastry, don't fuck with them. You follow the rules because it won't work. So you went from that world of don't change a recipe back to savory where everything that you learned was by hand or by pinch or by eye. That's yeah. crazy. It, it is because it was really interesting because at that time, my uncle and aunt were opening a upscale Indian restaurant in, um, in uh, close to Philadelphia uh, in a small town called Cherry Hill. And they were like, listen, if you want, we are looking for chefs and we'll be happy to do your paperwork and stuff. The last thing I wanted to do was work at an Indian restaurant because I had gone to Indian restaurants. They had all of these like $8.95 all-you-can-eat buffet. And I'm like, that's not what I want to do. But I also am the kind of person who's like, okay, let's take the, this opportunity and use this as a stepping stone to figure out what I'm going to do next. That, I think, was the, the pivotal moment where when we opened the restaurant, I'm like, why am I so ashamed of the Indian food over here, right? I grew up with the most beautiful Indian food, right? 
to us, farmers market were the only way to shop. To us, seasonal cooking was the only way to cook. Green, I mean, red carrots available for only two weeks in the entire year, and we would enjoy it at that time. We would pickle it, preserve it, and and that was it, right? And now these are all fads, right? I'm talking about at that time. So I'm like, you know what? This is my opportunity. You know, this this could be my calling to go ahead and give Indian food the beauty and the legitimacy, which so far it has. Like everybody looks at it as ethnic food, eight ninety five. One you can once you eat it, you're going to sleep for two days because it's so heavy, so fat, fatty. I'm like, that's not the truth, right? Let's show the beauty and the diversity of Indian food, and that's I think when I literally. No, she froze. No, not now. This is so good. Manit, can you hear me? You froze. Manit, oh man. This is so good. And we just froze. Manit, Manit you froze. You froze. Did? You did. I was like, no. <laughs> oh my God, what? It froze. You were like mid sentence and you were, it was like, you had you the last thing you said was that I wanted to give Indian food its legitimacy because the perception was it was heavy and you were gonna sleep after it. Yeah, because everybody thought that it was fatty. And you freeze again. Oh, whoo, there we go. Whoo, you're having service issues. No, I think what I'm having is um earphone issues give me one second i'm sorry i know you can't edit but this is this is the fun part about it i know this is why i'm so excited okay there's so much technology nowadays we're so weird oh she just hung up (laughs) oh bummer man we're having quite the day all right, Mini, you'll be back. Here she is. There she is, everybody. She didn't throw me to the. She didn't throw me to the wolves. I am so sorry. I think okay. it's, this is why I don't like to use these uh, AirPods. And I was like, no, I think it'll work today, but it's uh, apparently it's not. So yeah, the good old. Good old. This will be fine. You know what? They work. They're wires. You don't use up as much juice and you don't defer the Wi-Fi. I agree. I agree. So apologies about that. Okay. Ah, it's all right. So, that's all part of the new world. <laughs> I know. But but so that that was it. And and I started, I think that's where I really started that quest of getting uh, legitimacy and respect to Indian food and cuisine. I mean, look at it. We are the second largest population in the world. And the fact is that it still had a bad reputation over here. So so that's what it started. And this was like, uh, Chris, I'm talking 2001, 2002. Um, and, and, at, uh, and at that point, for the public that doesn't know right now, there was one chef in the U.S. that had that kind of respect, and that was Madhur Jaffrey. Yes. And um, she, I'll, I'll tell you, I cooked for her once, and I was shaking in my boots. Shaking. <laughs> so scared. Cooking. Oh, so my scared. God. Oh, my God. And, but and I wasn't she... cooking any, I was not cooking Indian food, folks. I was just cooking me food. <laughs> it was so <laughs> horrifyingly scary. 
but i mean amazing like at that time that she she started that you know uh, that path which like again then there was chef floyd cardoz like you know uh, chef raji like there's so many of these um, like who had this like let's go ahead and set the path and now it's exciting like now indian food has reached that stage where there are all of these like it's on the new york times best list like th there is all of that happening which makes it so exciting so anyway so after um i i four years we expanded i learned a lot about the basics of indian food went to chicago over there like you were saying knocked doors found an opportunity was working at a, a restaurant which was you know indian and latin fusion from four years over there then went to chicago and then i think the time when the real switch happened was uh, around 10 years ago when my daughter was born and that was the time when i was like you know there is there is a responsibility of having a kid where you realize that oh my god you are the closest role model to them and especially coming from from india i am where i am because of the amount of support that my parents and the faith that my parents put in me right in india it's 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 not easy being a girl child right and especially having a daughter i'm like i want to show you that you can do anything that you want so to me she was the biggest strength it wasn't that i'm going to take a step back it was i am going to show her that the world is hers to take and go in whatever direction that she wants so that was the time that um i had just competed that's where food network story started because i competed on iron chef against chef mori moto um i also say that i came a respectable second among two people which is better than saying that i lost <laughs> <laughs> from there i was invited to be on the next iron chef from there they invited me to be a guest judge on chopped and then the next season they invited me to be a permanent judge on chopped this was around like 10 years ago and and it's been a journey because from there vivek uh, you know uh, we did our undergrad together we had worked briefly he went to southeast asia he was like the businessman of the year like he was indonesia singapore hong kong uh, china you know he was doing his stuff over there till you know and this is before this is before facetime this is before skype like i used to go to uh, you know the the gas stores um, gas stations get those international calling cards <clears throat> scratch it like we laugh the amount of money that we spend on international phone calls because we used to talk to each other every day and we didn't see each other for four years so talk about long distance right this this is what it was and um and uh, we 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 laughed that we could have bought a house forget about a down payment on a house we could have bought a house <laughs> the amount of money we wasted on phone calls <laughs> but uh then he came over here and then we decided to start a business you know um together um and um so you know while all of this was happening i get a phone call from nashville that hey would you like to open a place in nashville and vivek and i we look at each other we are like who the beep goes to nashville because at that time nashville wasn't as cool as it is right now but we are also the kind of people that explore each and every opportunity that comes our way because you know it would be stupid for us not to so we came to nashville and we just fell in love with not only the city um or the people but also the scope the business scope 
that the city afforded us. Because at that time, you know, um, the big tier cities, yes, definitely you can, you can, you know, do food over there, you can open restaurants. But we realized that it is the second tier cities um, where the scope of growth is so much more. The plan was to open the restaurant, commute from New York because Vivek had all his restaurants over there. Um, Nashville is the South. The six month project took around two years. Along the way, we, we found out we were expecting baby number two. So the day we opened the restaurant, November 18th, 2014, our son, Karma, decided to be born on the same day, three months early. So he was born in the morning at five o'clock and we opened the restaurant at 5 p.m. in the evening. So he was in the NICU for three months, which was a very, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a really, you know, as it is having a kid is, is, is a big, you know, experience, but having a, a preemie who is two and a half pounder, who weighs less than a gallon of milk, it's, 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 a, big, it's a big thing to go through. And uh, at that time, both Vivek and I were like, if he's so adamant in being an Ashwillian, who are we to stop it? So that's what we did. We went to New York, wrapped up our you know, house over there, moved over here. And then we're like, we are going to make the best of this situation. So we've been here for seven years, Karma and uh, Chohanel and Masala House, which is our, state, which is our restaurant. Um, in seven years, we've opened um, four restaurants. Uh, we have four breweries on a brew park, which is like on 83 acres of land. Yeah. Uh, and like, and yeah, and that's, that's it. So I think we're doing okay. You're keeping busy. He give, we're keeping busy. <laughs> so, and amongst yeah. all of this, you know, let's, let's put this into bigger perspective, right? You're doing, you're traveling for the shows, you're, you're raising two children and you're managing all these people at all these different, with all these different restaurants. That's a big undertaking. And, and I, I don't know, and, and, and people, I don't want anybody to think that's a, a, a small task because managing restaurants, you're, you're ultimately, every restaurant is just a whole different group of children, right? And I don't mean that derogatorily, but you're managing different people in all these different locations who require different management techniques. There's different styles of food at each restaurant. So it requires all different thought process. So you walk in one door, you got to put this hat on and you walk into the next door, you put that hat on, then you go home and then you take all the hats off and you put on the mom hat. And then, you know, that's a lot. It is, but I think there is, I think that's my personality. If I wouldn't be doing like 50 things at one, at one given moment, I, I, I think that I'm slacking. And I think that's what it's all about. <laughs> do you have ADD? Uh, I, I, you know what? Uh, uh, I, I think I do. I think I do. I just ask because I, I mean, I, I do, myself. and it's a known. It's right. a, I mean, I've talked about it for years, but I think that right. it's very common in our industry because we're always we're we're like the dog and up. When somebody says squirrel, we look and go run towards it. It's like we're always what? Yeah, who? What? Yeah, it, it's. I know. It's, it's so funny, like if I am at home, right, at times, and it, it drives Vivek batshit crazy, right? So I'm at home, and I'm looking after the kids, I have my computer, I have my iPad, I have my phone, I'm doing something on the computer, on the phone, I'm doing something else, iPad, something is going on, there's television going on in the front, there is food being cooked while I'm keeping an eye on the kids, homework, like, there is all of this going on, and he's like, why can't you do one thing at a time? I'm like, stop being jealous that you can't do more than two things at a time. <laughs> 
so we always have this like constant he's like one thing and i'm like nope that's so, amazing yeah, it's, it's it's amazing you're able and the the thing is is you do it all so well and it comes off with grace and and it's yeah. just so thoughtful and and oh. and that comes through not only in the way we've had conversations but your food and your staffing and and all of the above and it's it's really apparent and i think that that's really oh. important because you know our industry's hard let's be honest it's it's not an easy it's not an easy road and and you've definitely set what you said you were going to do you're showing your daughter that she can do whatever she wants yeah i hope that she does <laughs> does she want to cook uh she thinks that cooking is being on television so so um that yeah that is that is a different conversation <laughs> <laughs> but she's also 10 so i'm like at, at times i've got to remind myself i'm like okay give her time i'm not like no life is all about the mise en place if you do your homework you will ace your test and i'm like oh my god i'm sounding like such a geek but yeah it's every day each and every each and every learning lesson that i give them is around the kitchen right i'm like see your dish is not going to be good if you if you're going to do everything last minute if you don't have your station set and they're like what are you talking about woman so yeah they're like you you do that every day when you're on grocery games it's a free for all <laughs> exactly <laughs> so actually I, you know i want to get i want to get into this because we've both been there we we've competed so we've both done next iron chef we've both done iron chef america we both done, I mean you've done way more grocery games than i've ever imagined like i've i've done two um and we both been in tournament champions i i don't think you realize the reality of it truly is the moment there is no bs there is no fudging it when they say go you go and it's it like and if you blow it you blow it that's i mean it is Oh my god I still have PTSD thinking about um TOC but it, you know what the the interesting part about these uh tournaments or these competitions is that you have to realize this is not a test or or an exam that you can cram for overnight and be ready for it the next morning right that's not what it is this is a culmination of your entire you know career um this is a culmination of everything that you've learned this is a culmination of um your your foundation of each and every nugget of information that you have stored in your mind which translates into food and that is what it's all about and um i keep on like there's so many people they're like you know like we we talk about it right we were talking about it yesterday where people are like sitting on you know on the sofa eating some you know chips and stuff and they're like oh if i was there i would have done that no you would have not <laughs> you have no idea like that clock those crazy ingredients those combination working in a kitchen that you are not familiar with like you know with equipment that you're not familiar with to bring all of that together is insane so every, anybody who ever competes on a food competition my hats off i don't care if you're the first person to be eliminated you had the balls you had the guts to do it hats off to you and and i think it's really funny it's it's, it's kind of like those folks that yell at the sport teams like that the players an idiot 
yet they probably couldn't even throw the ball across the street. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, they don't. You blew really, it. You're a fool. Why didn't you put lime in there instead of orange? Like, come on, dude. What are you talking about? You, it's, it's really funny that that's because, and I'll tell you, I did, I, having competed and done all these things, and I definitely know. I do have a neighbor who loves to yell at the TV during sporting events. Like I can hear him across the street with our doors closed and our windows closed. Like he's so loud, but like, and I'm guilty of it too. Like I'll watch bike races and I'll start like, go, 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 go. Cause I want to see the sprint, you know, until I physically got on my bike and went to Europe and rode the same course and then watched it physically the next day, the same stuff that I rode that the riders came by me. I was just like, I'm never yelling at the TV. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm, I'm useless. These guys are so fast. They went by me. It literally felt like a locomotive was going by me. They were going by me so fast on bicycles. Oh my God. I've that's never, amazing. And, but yet I was the guy that was yelling at the TV. So like, I get where people are coming from because they get caught up in it and it's the excitement, but it's really hard. And then you got people throwing in shenanigans in the mix of it. And when I say that, I don't mean Brian Malarkey. I mean like the tricks that they play with us. You know, it's like, hey, here's your challenge. And oh, by the way, we're going to tie three of your fingers together so you can't really hold a knife properly. Or, you know, you can't use this. And, you know, oh, you have only one wheel on your sharpening cart. You know, it's like... God, yes. Or a tiny small bag and you get all your ingredients in that or $15 and that's all that you have. So, yeah. And make, and make a decadent and make a decadent dish. So, yeah. Decadent. Here's 15 bucks. Okay, well, decadent. Okay, I got butter and cream and there we go. I got nothing left. <laughs> that's decadent enough. <laughs> you have a stick of butter coated in cream. How decadent is that? <laughs> oh, wait a second. We have salt. That's for free on our station. That's right. Yeah. Oh, and uh, and there is some red wine vinegar to give it the acidity. So yeah. yes, it'll be a balance of flavors. <laughs> oh so, my god! It's it's we laugh about this because these are all the things that have been thrown at us, and we just we can laugh at each other about it and together with it because it's it's true. I mean, this is what, but that's what makes it fun. I mean, and are we just gluttons to go keep going back? Like, I still haven't figured this out. I think we are. I think we're crazy. I just we have cuckoo bananas. I mean, okay. I want to ask: How many times have you come home from competing and looked at your husband and go, "That's the last one"? Oh, every time. Okay, so I'm not the every only time. one that does that. Oh, every time. <laughs> not only, not only, like when I come home, it is like you know, uh, TOC, right? Like when you have to, when you're waiting uh, behind the door, right? Yeah. That moment, every time, right? And now I have competed. I think one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, um, like seven times I've competed in, in, in the kitchen, right? In the TOC kitchen. And every time I do that, I'm standing behind the door. Um, this is before I compete and before I go out to when, you know, guy tells who has, you know, who has won. I call him up. I'm like, this is it. Never, Never doing it again. Never doing it again. He's like, yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. We'll talk about it once you come back home. So, yeah. <laughs> I say this, I do the same thing. I was like, I'm not doing this again. I'm over it. I can't, I can't keep competing. I'm tired of it. And then they call you and you're like, yeah, this is great. I want to go. Cool. You know, like what's wrong with me? Why do I keep doing this to myself? Uh, if you figure it out, let me know. <laughs> I think we need to have competitors anonymous. I swear, oh my God, so. 
<laughs> Hi, my name's Chris, and I'm an avid competitor. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be so fun. Oh, we oh, have that a could really be its own show, Competitors oh, Anonymous. Show. Oh my god, <laughs> see, now we are onto something. Our own reality, and, uh, Competitors yeah. Anonymous. Hi, I Chris. Just, <laughs> Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. <laughs> I've competed this many times, and I just can't say no. <laughs> Repeat after us, Chris. And oh no. And <laughs> oh yes. Please, please, Chris, can you tell us, Minnie, please tell us, how does competing make you feel? <laughs> I'm crying in the inside. And on the outside right now. Oh my God, this is too funny. <laughs> so I want to talk about books. You have two in print and if i'm correct you have one electronically uh yes i have i'm a part of um uh, uh you know the electronic book but my book um uh, which just came out right now um it is the newest one is called chart um, and you won an award for that i did i won an iscb award for that which it is, is pretty it's amazing exciting. It, it is you know it's indian street food and it's it's dedicated to all uh, you know, the vendors um, in India who made our journeys so delicious. And Indian street food is just, it's its such a vast world. Like, um, we went to India to, um, you know, get information and to uh, do the photography for the book. Uh, Chris, we were there for only seven days because that's the only time my co-author, Jody Eddy, and um, the photographer, Linda Zau, um, it was three of us, seven days we went to six different cities. We ate 660 dishes because every time we would eat something, Jody would write it down. So in the end, the last day we were sitting over there and we were counting each and every dish. 660 dishes in seven days. Yeah. Same. I want to go. I have a I've never been. Oh, my God. I've never been to oh, India. Listen, if you ever go to India, you've got to go with me. Absolutely. You know, we'll have so much fun. So Tatiana much. and I have been talking about wanting to go to India. There's places that we want to go so bad, but that is like, that one is daunting to me because there's so much. I want to see the spice markets and I want to taste things. And I want to, I mean, and the variations of things, you know, like you, you, like you mentioned earlier, you had neighbors that were cooking Southern and then there's Northern and it just, but everything's so, oh my God, like my head wants to explode because it's just so daunting for me. You know, the interesting part is like the last time we went, we went to the spice market in Delhi and I was standing over there and I saw at least seven or eight different spices, which I've never seen in my life. Really? And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, what is this? What are you doing? You know, what do you use this for? And of course they were like, get out. And I'm like, okay, I'll buy all of this. And I literally, you know, then I came back because regional, and the interesting part about Indian food is that it is so influenced by the world right? Like the Northern Indian food, which everybody thinks is Indian food is very Persian inspired, right? Or in Eastern India, we've got Tangra cuisine, which is Indian Chinese. Uh, and in my world, in my mind, the best Chinese that there is, or, you know, French influenced Pondicherry or, uh, right, like uh, um, Portuguese influ influence Goan cuisine, or like, you know, the, the Anglo, like the continental food, which is, uh, you know, Anglo Indian. So there is so much that there is to explore. It's just, it's mind boggling. Which, I mean, that's so really interesting because we're, we're talking about fusion 
of cuisine. And unfortunately, fusion, fusion, that term of fusion food is awful, right? And it's been used so disparagingly for so long. The traveling of cultures across or bordering cultures or bordering countries change food all over the world. And that truly is what fusion food is, like you just spoke about. I mean, like, you know, at times I get this really uh, major, like, backlash from people, and especially Indians are like, this is not authentic Indian food. And I'm like, tell me what is authentic Indian? Because chilies are not authentic to India, right? They were gotten by the Portuguese. Tomatoes are not authentic to India. Potatoes are not authentic to India, right? And these are things which are foundation of Indian cuisine. I'm like, if you talk about authentic food, it will probably be raw meat and raw fruits and vegetables, which are grown in that area. And that's authentic food. Like even fire, right? Like, think about it. So uh, to me, I'm like, in the end of the day, authentic is what is authentic to me, right? And there is, there is this big charm at, you know, um, with, with the history and with the evolution of, of different things. But even now, if I am making, you know, what people perceive as an authentic dish, it is going to change because of the ingredients that I get in Nashville, because of even the cooking techniques, right? I have a blender, I can use a blender to make a chutney, but it'll taste different from the olden times when, uh, you know, a wooden mortar and a pestle was used for it. So, so there is, there is this charm in evolution. And um, I've got to tell you, and you, you probably would be like, oh my God, but when we go to India, I'm going to take you to have Indian Italian food. Oh no, I'm totally open. Are you kidding? <laughs> you would, you'd be like, what? Because it's interesting. I grew up in India. To me, Italian food was that, right? Till the time I came over here, I'm like, oh, okay. But then <laughs> so you yeah. didn't have real Italian. You had Italian-American food. Exactly. True. Till the time I went to Italy and I'm like, okay. <laughs> but but, but that's, that's the amazing fun about it. And I think, you know, there's, there's a great book. I, when I started cooking, like, I was not a good student. Um, I am dyslexic and I didn't do well in school, I have ADD, all of the above created that. Reading was very hard for me, right? Finally, when I was able to, it became an obsession, like how much knowledge could I input? And there was a book that was recommended to me uh, by Raymond Sokoloff, which was called Why We Eat What We Eat. And it was all about the transformation and the routes of food to how it got where it got to, tomatoes, chocolates, chilies, pasta. And it really showed that everything that everybody thinks is, oh, it's this. No, it wasn't that, it came from here to make that. And I think that's very important is understanding the history of how food came to be. And that's what you're talking about, like the Portuguese influence. Portuguese influenced Hawaiian food, Portuguese influenced so Brazilian many- Brazilian food, yes. Yeah. I mean. There's so much culture of because of traveling, they brought things with them. People decided to stay because they may have fallen in love with someone. They stayed, they left their culture there. They brought their foods there and then it developed into a whole new flavor profile. So I think that's what's really powerful about food. It is, it's just, it's like, and, and that's a conversation that if you think about it, like I know that you and I, we, we can talk the entire day where like, and more about like different, um, you know, cuisines or just even the, you know, the spice routes or oh, yeah. how different things came to be where they are. And they still 
evolve. And I, and I think that is, I mean, think about it, right? Because like we are such an integral part of a evolution process, right? Like what we leave behind in terms of uh, the flavors or the techniques that we get to the picture, I think that's what makes it so exciting and so infectious to have that conversation like oh my god this is like it literally gives me goosebumps to have these conversations so you know it's really interesting i had never seen fenugreek leaves but really? i've used fenugreek before so like there's something it's like oh what, what what am i stupid like how did i not see them before like you know it's like there's stuff like that and then all of a sudden we started getting them fresh from one of our farmers. Oh and it was a like, head just exploded, right? It's I like, mean, you start to try these things and it's just like, oh my God, like, this is so cool. Like, what can we do? It's like, and the difference between dried and fresh and the intensity and like the lastingness of the oils from dried compared to the lightness and the, the aromatics of fresh, like, but then when you toast them, how it changes things, like that is powerful stuff. Fenugreek, uh, fresh fenugreek leaves and potatoes with, uh, you know, a flatbread paranta with homemade butter is my, I mean, that probably would be my last meal. My mom, she used to make it. And every time I would come back from college, that, that used to be what was waiting for me. And it just is, it's amazing. Like next time we meet, I'm going to make it for you. It's the simplest. It's the most humble of dishes, but it's incredible. And um, we actually have a local pasta maker who we, you know, we made a spice blend of, of turmeric and fenugreek. And he made some pasta for us uh, with that. And it just was just incredible. So yeah, it's, it's amazing. And to me also, it's like, there's so many of these new techniques and stuff, which, and you know what? I, I don't know if you if you feel that, but to me, I think I've become a stronger chef by judging, right? Uh, because you get to see things that you've never seen before, right? Like even with chopped, like different ingredients and stuff that I'm like, oh my God, okay, this is a great ingredient. How am I going to, how can I use it? Like, you know, your mind is constantly working and that's what makes it so fun. It, I think, you know, judging also makes you think about how do I play, how does it eat? You know, perception, you know, a lot of times we're putting things in the plate and we're like, this is going to be great. And then you sit and eat it and you're like, God, uh -oh. thinking. <laughs> <laughs> or obviously I wasn't. <laughs> and, and I agree with you. And I think that's been a big, it's also how to articulate those flavors to people. And that also allows you to communicate to your team to then help them explain to a guest to try something new. Right. Yeah. It's like putting familiar with things with unfamiliar things makes it a lot easier for a guest to try something. I think so it's, true. it's such, it, it opens up the door. So yeah. I really want to talk about the book, you know, it, it, an IAC, IACP award, International Association of Culinary Professionals for the folks out there. That's a really big deal. It's, it's no joke. And, um, what, what made you want to pull this, this, this project together? Because it, it's, it's street food. I mean, when you put that, when you lay that tag on it, Indian street food, it's that, that's a big, big, big choice of many, many different options. So, you know, it's, it's really interesting. Growing up in India, we used to take trains. Um, and these trains, I mean, just because like a train ticket was 100 rupees while a flight ticket was 10,000 rupees, like that was the disparity. That would be an economic win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. But 
But these trains are unlike the trains over here. The windows are open, the doors are open. It would take three days, three nights. Um, so from Eastern India, where we live, we would go to Southern India during summer holidays for, to my mom's parents and winter holidays from to Northern India to my dad's parents, right? And the train would stop at each and every train stop. And the amazing part about that was that all the local vendors, the food vendors, would come to sell their wear at the train station. So as I started getting older, I would identify these entire journeys by what I would eat at what station, right? And just because of the virtue of going by train, I got to taste the vastness of Indian cuisine because it would change from one station to the other, right? The flavors would change, the spices would change, the techniques would change. And to me, I really like... It was boring. This was before you could like stream anything. We would be reading books like Tintin, Archie comics. You know, that's what we would be doing. So it was really like, you know, entertainment was talking to the people in front of you. So to me, I would look forward to it because of the food. And that was, that's been one of my favorite projects for the longest time, just to show the diversity of Indian food via the train. And uh, this idea came to me when my daughter Shagun was born 10 years ago and Jodi and I spoke about it. We went to India at that time and then it just fell through crack, through the cracks because life happened and stuff. Till the time we were like, listen, this is such a great project. So we, um, uh, you know, we met with, um, we were so lucky because uh, Raquel uh, Perez, who is, you know, an editor at um, uh, Clarkson Potter, she saw it and she like, associated with it and then she gave us a direction that let's do it let's do it north south east west and this is how we'll do it let's do cities let's do you know memories and so that's how this book came about and um it's definitely been a labor of love and it's like they are personal stories which are in each and every chapter of you know why there is a why one dish made the book and the other didn't uh, and it's um, what what I love about the book is that you know if anybody wants to just read it as a you know as a storybook you can if somebody wants to be a beginner in Indian cuisine you can if somebody wants to be, you know, have an advanced course in Indian cuisine, you have recipes to show you that. So it is like, I, I think it is, it just covers the entire gamut. And that, I think that is what makes it so much fun. That's awesome. So <clears throat> I've clamored a much of your time here and I really want to, we, we, we play a game here and it's just a rapid fire question game. So done. So ready. Okay. We're gonna keep it started simple and then it just keeps ramping up and ramping up. Okay, noodles, pasta. Noodles. Dumplings, ravioli. Dumplings. Brown spirits, white spirits. Uh, brown spirits. Which brown spirit? Right now I'm in Nashville, so it's got to be bourbon, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Dark beer, light beer. Light beer. Red wine, white wine. White wine. Hamburger, hot dog. Hamburger. Ketchup, mustard. Ketchup. I'll come back to that. We'll, we'll talk about that. There is a big controversy going on on my Instagram page about that, but I'll get back to that. I've got Onion to tell rings, you about it. French fries. Onion rings. 
sashimi nigiri nigiri sea urchin caviar sea urchin lobster crab crab blue crab dungeness crab blue crab soft shell hard shell soft shell there's more beef or pork beef duck or chicken duck brown rice white rice white rice i like brown rice but my nobody my son doesn't <laughs> see a lot of these answers are i think it's not only because of the the chef in you but there is so much of nostalgia uh, like to me there is so much of nostalgia um and and yeah and and i'll tell you all like there is an explanation as to why there is a lot of these choices the the chef in me keeps on like oh it should be the brown rice or it should be mustard and then the the There's kid no in me who grew up the the kid in me who grew up with like ketchup on everything and i'm like that that is what it is yes so these are the most honest answers you're getting from me which is you know that's what it's all about it, to me this and there are no wrong answers here and i think that's what's really important and i think it's a really fun way to do it thin crust or thick crust pizza thin crust man the, the, it's it's fun right your favorite guilty pleasure vanilla ice cream with hot chocolate fudge and lots of candied pecans on it <laughs> wow very, very specific <laughs> very specific <laughs> favorite that has food. gotten me through a lot of days a lot of tough days <laughs> but the fudge needs to be the way i make it so okay. yes yeah okay favorite fast food does chipotle count as fast food does panda express count as fast food no they all count anybody that anywhere yeah. you walk up and it's like real yeah. quick yeah yeah they all, they all count whatever whatever makes you happy yeah one of these two <laughs> your last meal your favorite uh, if, if you're like okay you're sitting in the chair and they're going to pull the switch what is going to be your last meal homemade uh flatbread uh with a uh, homemade butter and mom's fenugreek potato uh saute with vivek's chicken curry and uh white rice it's always a, I, it's always a, i'll go happy yeah i'll go happy that's what it should be. So, what's next for you? Uh, you know what? I think um other than a break. <laughs> <laughs> what's that? Exactly. That is definitely not next in the cards for me. <laughs> But um you know what? I think um uh given how the last couple of years have been, uh what is priority for me is to make sure that what we have um is is strong and that is thriving because i mean you know the restaurants have taken a beating with covid over the last couple of years so to us it's all about building that foundation which is which is stronger and just building on top of that so it's uh, and and that's it so there isn't a there isn't a tangible uh, you know path right now right now it is to repair what has been damaged and to just make it stronger Awesome. So if people want to find you, where's the best way for them to find you on Instagram, which platform, all that? 
am most active on Instagram, uh, but I am on um, a Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and it's at Manith Chauhan. So it's the same across. But if you want an answer from me, probably on Instagram you'll get it. She responds. I can tell you that she. <laughs> <laughs> nothing better to do <laughs> <laughs> awesome mini thank you so much for taking time i know you're super busy you've got shows to shoot and kids to hang out with and i appreciate your time thank you oh my god thank you this was so much fun awesome